0: Go bet with MyBookie. Sign up at MyBookie.ag and use promo code GATORS and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. If you're willing to wait till after 7 p.m., you can get an extra $25 free play by using code GATORS25. Bet with my bookie. GATORS BREAKDOWN The GATORS FAN PODCAST because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. And the Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. Well, Gator Nation, that was fun. <laughs> I'm still, day after, still ecstatic at how our Gators performed in Starkville, in that environment, in that emotional setting. Uh, the Gators come out with a huge victory over Mississippi State 13 to 6 and we'll break it down right here on Gators Breakdown. But before we do, remember you can find Gators Breakdown on Newsforjax.com slash Gators Breakdown. You'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes as well as articles from the News for Jack sports team. That's newsforjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. Also, you can listen on iTunes, Google Play. A lot of you are catching us live on YouTube right now, so you can find us there as well if you want to go back and watch the video version. Uh, When you and when using those services, please share rate and review the show and follow us on social media on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. So, wow, you know, there were a lot of hold your breath and exhale moments in that game versus Mississippi State. You know, and, th- and that happens in, a, in, a, in these close, low-score games where every possession and every play is critical, and, and the Gators made those critical plays to come out on top. Uh, whether it be the, the, the screen pass or the perfectly timed blitz, it was the Gators making the plays necessary to win this game, and these are not the same Gators from a 4-8 team last season, and that, that, that is abundantly clear right now. Yes, we had our worries after the Kentucky game a few weeks ago, but right now, here we are. And look at it. I mean, it, it, on the surface, it looks like the Gators are, are playing for something. It, it, it's not perfect. But what a difference it makes in playing for a coach that cares. What a difference it makes in playing for a coach with a plan. What a difference it makes when, when players are put in position position to, to make plays up to their talent level and then playing up to their talent level. You know, and what a difference it makes that the the players have bought into a purpose for themselves, the coaches, and Gator Nation. So you guys know that I have harped on progress for a couple seasons now, and, and this year as well. So far, you know, game by game, well, we got that, and we got so much more. We got to have fun as a fan base for the first time in back-to-back weeks, and in, in, in what seems like forever, we got to have fun when we 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 weren't supposed to to. You know, go and get a win against an opponent we we weren't supposed to beat. We got to have fun watching a team go out there and have fun and go get a big victory. Is that progress? Absolutely. But it was so much more than that for one night. What comes out of this? Who knows? But I do know Florida football is fun again. I do know this team is going to go out there and compete. I do know this program is in good hands moving forward. And that's all we can ask for right now. Gators thirteen, Mississippi State six. Big win, big win. Can't say it enough. It was a, a whole lot of fun for Gator Nation um, when the Gators rolled into Startville and Dan Mullen returns and goes get a victory against his former team. So you know, how did it happen? And of course, guys I, I, and girls out there, I think we know how it happened. First and foremost, coaching. Uh, it was clear that Dan Mullen went into plan went into. Uh, this game with a plan and you know what a difference it makes when you have competent coaching you know, And there's two ways to look at Mullen's coaching here first overall just a great game plan uh, You know, I, a lot of you guys caught me on periscope yesterday when I did a kind of a pregame periscope and You know outlining what I thought the game plan would be should be and that's kind of exactly <laughs> what happened It was apparent that Dan Mullen knew This Mississippi State defensive line could dictate play with their aggressive nature. So the Gators did exactly what I thought they would do and go out there and and got the ball out of Frank's hands quickly on wide receiver screens and basically used them as extended run plays. Uh, Numbers were there a a bit of the time, so these were easy completions and then also a few easy yards uh, for the Gators to pick up there. So the second part uh, of this coaching thing is, going back to the biggest storyline coming into this game and Mullen and the familiarity of knowing this bulldog personnel and these type of plays that were going that, that these plays were probably going to be there No doubt in my mind that familiarity familiarity played a a, a role here And now, now they you that know, they probably would have formulated that game plan anyway, you know, not even not knowing uh, the personnel that they did but Introducing this game plan with the with, with the wrinkles in the game plan, more screens, more option in the run game, more Tony using in a couple of ways, there was some newness, some creativity on offense, and, and enough to make a difference in a close one score game. You know, also you know, in the pregame, I, I said coaching would be the difference in a close game, and that's why I was going with Florida. I believe much more in Dan Mullen in this situation, much more than I ever would Joe Moorehead, and it played out that way. You know, but also let's go to the other side of the ball when we sit here and talk about coaching and defensive coordinator Todd Grantham. What a transformation of this defense since the Kentucky game. We had a lot of questions after that Kentucky game, and we've gotten a good bit of answers since then too. Florida's got some players back that has helped while Grantham is putting these players in 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 the aggressive tacking style, and is paying dividends. You know, if anything, this defense is fast. It's playing fast. They're undersized, but you know they're using that to their advantage right now. We see these edge rushers getting into the backfield. We see the thin defensive backfield hanging tough with the youngsters back there, and this defensive front's really helping that inexperienced defensive backfield. You know, until they—they they don't get me wrong. This backfield—they're making plays when they get an opportunity as well. But I really think this front. Uh, this defensive front for Florida is really helping that secondary right now with the pressure they're able to create. And the quarterback has to get rid of the ball uh, a lot. I mean, these, these guys are not asked to go back there and cover uh, a good bit. You know, and this was a defense that made adjustments and helped win a game where they didn't cause any turnovers. And a lot of that, you know, we heard so much after that Tennessee game is, oh, how is Florida going to play when they don't get these turnovers? We saw it. And this defense was. Attacking, aggressive, hitting hard, and that's the result we got. They were clutch when clutch when the opportunity there was, was there to be clutch. So, no, I'll start with the defensive side of the ball first, uh, kind of just breaking down a lot of these things that we saw there. It, look, they forced Nick Fitzgerald, two for 12, to end the game. His last 12 attempts, he only had two completions. This defense had him right where they wanted him. They stifled that Mississippi State running game after allowing 159 total yards in the first half. Florida's defense allowed just 43 total yards on 27 plays in the second half. Mississippi State was getting 1.6 yards per play in the second half. And you know, that's, that's adjustments, that's coaching. Uh, you know, the Gators uh, gave up just 10 rushing yards on 10 carries in the second half. Mississippi State, a running team, a pretty good running team at that, one averaging one yard a rush in the second half. So they had Fitzgerald right where they wanted him. Yes, there was a big drop, uh, but far to bounce back. You know, and and the defense forced, as I said, Fitzgerald to go two for twelve to end the game. Look, Fitzgerald only completed eleven passes for the entire game. Florida completed passes to 12 different receivers. So Florida had more receivers catch a pass than Mississippi State had completed passes altogether. So <laughs> uh, Fitzgerald was pretty much a non-factor, uh, as most of was the Mississippi State offense. You know, that they couldn't do much in that second half there. Uh, and a lot of it was the Gator sacks. And the Gators had six sacks, and that's the highest single game total since notching seven against North Texas uh, on September 17, 2016. Uh, Florida had at least six sacks in an SEC game for the first time since September 19, 2015, or uh, against Kentucky, where they had six. So it's been three seasons uh, since Florida has had six sacks in a game, and it's big time to be able to do this in that setting, in that game, an SEC opponent, a big-time opponent, and there we go. Florida goes and gets six sacks. And just to extend these sacks here, Florida recorded at least five sacks for the second time in their last three games. They had one uh, such game in 2017. And here we go, going to with some players here. Jacopa Light, all over the place right now, really came on in that second half uh, against Mississippi State. Entered the season with two career sacks, uh, recorded his first multi sack game of his career. And four sacks on the year right now. Vashawn Joseph's first sack of the season came uh, not long after uh, Tommy Townsend uh, pinned Mississippi State on its six-yard line, and that was 11:54 remaining in the fourth quarter. Kept playing that field position game, and Vashawn Joseph sacked there, really good kept that going it, late in the game, where Mississippi State really just they, they couldn't get much going on the offense, and part of that was they were starting deep with their own territory a lot. And look. One of my favorite things on the uh, to see from a defense is seeing these cornerbacks come in and pressure the quarterback. And C.J. Henderson had another sack, the second of his, with his career. They both come this season, uh, and that um, and none bigger. Also, in the very last play for this defense, when Don Steiner comes in and all out blitz, that sealed the deal. What a call where I think Grantham knew there was no way Fitzgerald was going to be able to, to come make something happen in that scenario. Uh, it's just, you know, they I, I think they knew it. They knew they had that play called think Once they knew they had Fitzgerald in that situation, it's fourth down. He has to make a play. There was no way they were going to give him time to throw it. all out bits. Donovan Stein gets the, the game still in sack and the Gators go on to win there. And also good. For this defense, not to let the ejection of Brown and Edwards really affect them. Now, one thing played in their in their hands there. Mississippi State's not really the type of offense to take advantage of that. But That secondary still held strong and, re- and, and really helped by that defensive front. So good for that. Good for the defense there uh, to, to, to be able to weather the storm early. Uh, the first couple, I think two of the first three drives by Mississippi State, it got kind of worrisome there, the way they were able to march up and down the field, but really good adjustments there by the Todd Grantham in that defense at halftime. And for all the third and Grantham talk, Mississippi State, two for 12 on third down. Two for 12. So that third and Grantham, i tell you what, that can, that can go out of here. <laughs> that can leave for right now because he brought it against his former team. As well, so let's move to the other side of the ball in this offense. This was the type of game plan that also Felipe Franks needed. There's quick passes, those quick screens. We, we, we've been kind of waiting to see those type of plays. Haven't really needed to show all that to get in the last couple games because of special teams, defense, uh, setting up a good field position, all the turnovers. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of game plan usage, I don't think, Uh, against the Colorado State and, and Tennessee. Now, I really think these easy screens helped settle Felipe Franks down, but he also made some really good throws on these slants and throws to the middle of the field, some of those on third down to keep the chains moving. Florida never went three and out in this game. Huge, and that's huge for Felipe Franks too, huge for his confidence, and he bounced back time and time again. The penalties in the first half didn't uh, didn't seem to affect him too much as far as composure goes. The interception he threw uh, in the second half um, it didn't seem to really affect him either. He bounced back after that fourth throw, and he just really helps lead this offense right now. Um, this was a game where it was more than stats for me for Felipe Franks, even going back and looking at it all. It, it, was, it was Frank's best game of his career, uh, but I was more impressed with his composure and his decision-making. Picking up yards when he could, he saw numbers and, and, and threw screen passes, executed option plays, uh, and I, I just can't, you know, stress enough whether it, with him pulling down the ball and going those get get those yards when necessary. Felipe Franks is playing some pretty smart football right now, and he's getting better week by week. And with the coaching he has and the game plan they're throwing out there, um, you know, Felipe Franks has really shown some strides, and hopefully continues to grow. Uh, Here, and usually I'm going to say throwing 31 times isn't going to be ideal, but with many of those being these wide receiver screens, you know, those are basically extended run plays and can just really help open up defenses and also get them tired, like get them chasing uh, plays left to right. instead of especially for a team like Mississippi State of getting in the backfield, but throwing 31 times is what was needed in this game plan and it and it worked. Uh But here we go. <laughs> it wasn't Frank's who threw the only touchdown pass of the game. That came from Kadarius Tony. I got a lot of kudos on Twitter for wanting to get creative in that scenario. <laughs> it was uh, it was obvious there that it, there wasn't going to be many possessions in this game for the Florida offense, and, and the opportunities to score were, were going to be limited. And, and Florida was in the red zone, down six to three. Really needed to get a touchdown there and, and I tweeted Florida needs to get creative here and boy did they in a big way um, Those big creative plays that we were waiting on um, Has a time in a place and here it was <laughs> I could just feel it. It, it needed it needed to happen As I said because points needed to be scored a touchdown needed to be scored and whoo tell you what Frank's drops back, passes down to uh swing or swings a pass to Tony, not really a drop back, swings the pass to Tony out there, you know, after these Gators have run so many wide receiver screens, and then Tony caught it. The defenders were already coming up, come, coming up, cheating up to to to, talk, to stop Tony after he got it. And well, Morrill Stevens gets behind the DBs, catches the only touchdown in the game, and get the Gators a 10 to 7 lead. And that's really that was really all that would be needed, or a ten to six lead, uh, and that's really that all uh, would be needed there. So, uh, also good for this this offense to to eventually settle down. And I kind of mentioned it, you know, where where, where Frank had got composed, but after halftime, you know, after a penalty riddled. The uh, first half with, with false starts and a lot of Fred Johnson there in the first half. You did see that in the second half. You know, no, no Florida hurting themselves in the second half, and that's coaching too, guys. Uh, you know, go into halftime, settle your guys down, and I'm sure there were some ju- adjustments as well uh, where where they were sharing uh, things that they were seeing and, and just you know getting there to halftime. Uh, I know some fans were kind of uh, uh, kind of not. Not too happy about the way Dan Mullen went in the, at the halftime with timeouts there. Maybe was a, a little more aggressive. I, I, it didn't bother me so much, but I definitely get the uh, um, the style of wanting to be aggressive there. I just think Mullen, and the way the game was planning out where they really wanted to get to halftime uh, there. So I tell you what, you know, it was just so much fun seeing that team play fast, smart, physical against a physical team. And really, just manning up, and you know, a lot of uh, Friday it came out, or you know, we you know, we've had Cole Kubrick on here on the SEC Network, and pretty much he was saying how you know this Mississippi State uh, the crowd and the players were really going to give it to Florida um, guys who were going to have Gator helmets on. I ain't really going to know what's, what what hit them, and tell you what, you know, those gators, these Gators came to play uh, here, and uh, I think they got kind of tired tired of hearing that that, that kind of talk uh, around the nation. And, and how they wouldn't be, uh, how they wouldn't be ready for this game. How they wouldn't be ready for the cowbells. How they wouldn't be ready for a, uh, a team coming off of a loss that was going to be so hungry. Hey, look, Florida's hungry too. We got expectations at our university and at our, at our football program, and you know, haven't been met in a while. So this Gator team is hungry too, in different a myriad of ways. And uh, I tell you what, that was that was fun to see. Good to see. Part of football's been fun for the last few weeks, and hopefully uh the Gators can keep it going. But either way, you know, I'll, I'll come back to the where progress is being made, uh, and, and happiness is being made. Uh seeing this team just looks so much better than what we've seen in these last few seasons here around in Gator Nation. So a little bit of uh Betting here. So you guys, uh, you know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice and and a lot of a lot of the time it's usually uh, what team to bet on this week. But the truth is, I really don't know. I really don't. uh, I called this Gator win. Uh, But uh, still, uh, I don't know if you want to take my advice too much here. But if you think you know who to bet on, you got to check out my bookie. Remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I tell people to bet with my bookie. They are your best bet this season. My bookie has been in business for years, has great reviews, and an easy-to-use mobile site. I only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, and that's why I urge you to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. And MyBookie has in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on over, under, on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join my bookie now and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar and use promo code Gators to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use promo code Gators when creating your account to claim the bonus. And look, hey, if you're willing to wait till after 7 p.m., you can get an extra $25 free play on deposits over $100 by using code Gators25. That's Gators twenty five to get an extra twenty five dollar free play. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. So what we do here every reaction show, I do ask for your Gators breakdown listeners to, to to send on Twitter your reactions because you know we're, we're we're a Gator Nation and uh, everybody. Uh, has a voice right now everybody you know wants to be heard of uh, how much uh, we're showing support for these gators and how happy we are uh to see this team playing like this and we'll start with jen at gator Bait dmd uh none of the media picked us to win thought we weren't ready and that we couldn't handle the pressure the atmosphere of miss at mississippi state or those darn cowbells <laughs> that we didn't want it as badly uh but those boys held strong the entire game and pulled out the w great team w yeah, that's it. You know, I, I think there was a whole lot of um you know questioning uh, again uh the the heart of this team and, and especially compared to Mississippi State. Look, no, no, we went back in after that Kentucky loss, you know, maybe we, we can do some revisionist history here. Uh you know, we, we go back to that game and saying how, you know, how how much work this was going to be for Dan Mullen uh to to come out of here but Since then, Kentucky is looking like a really darn good football team. That game was close up until the final play. Uh, Florida with a chance to pull out there, um, pull it out there. The defense was missing some players. um, And lo and behold, a few weeks later, a lot of people are still questioning this Gator team. And did they want something as badly as a team they were playing? Well, they went out and showed they did. And they wanted to go out there for Dan Mullen. Uh, and you know, you know, and, and, Mullen, and Mullen got emotional after the game a little bit too, talking about the the other guys in the Mississippi State sideline, and how his connection to them, and all that stuff. But still made sure to to to, to kudos uh, the guys that uh, went to get actually went out there and got the W uh, with these Gators. And I'll tell you what, that, that was uh, that was good to see. You know, being questioned, being questioned, and then coming out there uh, with a victory. Scott Sweat at Scott Sweat ten ten. Uh, really impressed with Frank's and how composed he was in that environment. Totally different quarterback from last year. Um, so, absolutely, Frank's is a completely different quarterback from a year ago. The word "coaching" can't be said anymore. You know, kudos to Frank's too for 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 um, weathering the the quarterback battle in fall camp. Um, the a lot of negative talk about him out there, social media, uh, media in general. Uh, As well, if he'll never be the guy he can never be the guy Look, I mean guys coaching is going to eventually help and Frank's hasn't really had a whole lot of it Uh, Going back to his high school uh, days there, you know a lot of high school coaches it just in general, you know uh, Quarterback coaching is is pretty big. Frank's wasn't good going to a lot of these camps and all that jazz and um, Of course came here and Jim McElwain Doug Nussmeyer. We know the story there you this it might be said this is the first time where somebody could actually sit and dissect and just show felipe franks what uh what needs to be done, how it needs to be done, and the steps necessary to become a quarterback and I think we can see every week that he is getting better let's see uh, at uh d element thirty three uh we're starting to win with small details clean and consistent filling. Like to beat us, you have to be better. Won't be outworked or outcoached. Loving it. There we go. And, you know, how many times have we went back in the last couple of years and just, you know, penalties and dumb penalties and going out there where the offense didn't look like they had a game plan? I mean, a lot of these are the same players that we saw last year. This offensive line is, is, uh, is a lot of the same players that we saw last year. And it just didn't look like there was any type of game plan whatsoever. You you listen to, to here on Gators Breakdown and other podcasts and other shows of things we would point out that kind of should be done. And and look, kind of the things we were talking about Last year of making easier throws uh, it sounds simple when it's all said and done, but simple little one-on-one slants, simple little wide receiver screens, um, simple runs, keeper runs, quarterback keeper runs that look for whatever reason, they just never try to implement those things. And you see that these small details that Dan Mullen's being able to unearth and go out there and and and, and get something. Out of this offense and make it look like he had a plan. And you know, there there was a plan to this game. It was to throw those screen passes. It was to get that defense to front tire, make them run uh, right to left, make them go chase some plays. And then by the third, fourth quarter, you have the tired Mississippi State defense, and it kind of did show a little bit. You had (laughs) Damian Pierce coming in again. We just had to start. I saw it throwing around on Twitter a good bit. They have to go out there and start calling him the closer because that's exactly what looks like his role right now. Uh, Jordan Scarlett's still in there making some good runs, some vision uh, issues still sometimes, but still making big-time blocks as well in the passing game. Uh, there, Michael P. Ryan had a few nice runs. Damian Pierce comes in late, has some nice runs. So it looks like there's a, a plan kind of starting to develop uh, there. And then, like I said, mentioned earlier, 12 receivers catching passes and uh, spreading the ball around. Um, and Kadarius Tony getting some carries, getting some big carries, and actually throwing the touchdown, too. It's, it's, it's going in with a plan. And uh, I like what uh, D. Element Hill has, has said here. Feeling like to beat us, you have to be better. Won't be outworked or outcoached. And, uh, you know, right now, that's the that's the way things are trending. Uh, let's see. Kelvin Brown, KB1997. uh, KB 1997, uh Things he's pointing out here is Felipe Frank's improvement, the offensive improvements, identity moving forward, uh, defense's improvement of a new scheme, Dan Mullen and the buy-in from the players, special teams and momentum back-to-back wins. And I'll, I'll hit on those last few there. Dan Mullen and the buy-in from the players. It, it does look like uh, there, there is a buy-in uh, right now, as I mentioned, going from the Kentucky game to what we see now, how could these players not buy in? And I also want to say, how could these coaches not buy into these players? Because I think that Kentucky game was a little bit of a wake up call from both sides for the coaches and for the players. And I kind of think they're free. You've heard me say this week after week, they're still figuring out each other. And in first year coaching, there's going to be some ups and downs uh, with a first year head coach. And I did say time and time again, coming through this season guys, there's probably going to be a game you shouldn't lose and a game you shouldn't win. Well, this probably may have been reversed. You know, I, I picked Florida uh, to go and, and beat Mississippi State. I uh, still didn't think they lose to Kentucky, but I think Kentucky and Mississippi State kind of have been reversed <laughs> as far as teams and what they're showing on the field right now. So uh, we'll see how it all uh, shakes out with uh, uh, LSU coming into town here. Uh, yeah, but the, I do think the buy-in there. And special teams, Evan McPherson, holy moly. Florida, with a, I mean, look, the lineage of kickers Florida has had lately. Um, and you going Sturgis, Pineto, and now McPherson looks to be, should still be perfect on the season, by the way, but looks to be the part, looks to just, he's going to fill in nicely. He is a reliable kicker as a true freshman and really showing uh, a, another example of the Florida special teams and, and, and Towson as well, picking up right where his brother left off uh, Florida, Florida in, in the kicking game uh, has got that figured out one more time. And look, it's going to be, we'll get to measure it this weekend. But momentum and the back-to-back road wins, I mean, this is uh, reminding me a lot of that 2012 season when, when Florida, you know, it, it, kind of earlier in the season that happened there, but you had those road wins when you went to A&M and beat Johnny Manziel in his first game, and then you went to Knoxville and, and, and won that game there as well. And I really do think those two games helped spark what you saw for the rest of the season. And now Florida gets to come back home. The Swamp is going to be absolutely insane. Tim Tebow is going to get inducted into the Ring of Honor. The 2008 National Championship team is going to get a reunion, and the fans are going to get to see that in the Swamp. Pre-game atmosphere is going to be nuts. SEC Nation is going to be in town. Gainesville is going to be crazy. And momentum, I tell you what, if Florida goes out there and puts another beating on another defensive whooping on somebody, and offense gets this timely kind of play calling. I tell you what, this it could be setting up for something big uh, down the road. But what a spark it would be to go be LSU next week. Let's see here. Uh, going through these tweets uh, here. Let's see. Um, Michael Lee 1024 says winning mindset is starting to catch on with this team. Don't expect to win the East, but expect competitive play no matter who the opponent is. Yeah, and, and I do kind of. I think so. Uh, I really do think, you know, I don't expect Florida to go out there and win every other game of the rest of the season either, but it won't surprise me right now if they do. Uh, Actually, it still would. I mean, because of a first-year head coach, uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. I am excited. (laughs) I'm excited about where it's going. Uh, But, you know, there is. I I do think there is a winning mindset. There there, there comes expectations once you start putting a couple victories together uh, that you can keep winning. Uh, and I said, how how big would it be to to beat LSU this week uh, as well? Uh, but you still have a loss to Kentucky out there. You still got to play Georgia. Uh, but every um, it, it, look, Georgia looks more winnable than than it has when the season started. Uh, Georgia's not playing their best football. I don't think Florida's playing their best football right now either. Uh, I think Florida can get better. Georgia probably will get better too. Uh, but. You know, that game's in about a month, and, and we'll see where teams are at. But still got to get past LSU. Still got to get past Vanderbilt. Those are not going to be easy games. Uh, but, you know, here we go. You got you got three games coming up in the month of October uh, before we hit that November stretch. Uh, but I do expect the Gators also to be competitive, no matter who the opponent is. Uh, Bull Gator. Defense was fantastic. Franks was a smart game manager, and Mullen called great plays. Um... Uh, except passing in the last three minutes when Pierce was running so well, why go away from what is working uh, led to a punt. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think they wanted, like for that one play where Pierce caught the ball in like a little swing route, he should have stayed in bounds. Uh, There That's a true freshman mistake there. I think the Florida just saw more on the edges. They they could get on the edges and go get some yards. So I think they were still trying to be aggressive. Go get another first down and probably just bleed the game away on offense instead of having to give them the ball back. But you're right, it led to a punt, uh, there. Maybe, probably, maybe, probably also a little belief in his defense as well. But yeah, uh, in a way, you're right, you don't ever want to give the ball back if you don't have to. Uh, but I don't think he felt like they could go between the tackles, uh, there. Maybe you make Mississippi State waste some timeouts there, uh, keeping it in bounds and keeping it within uh, the tackles. But you know, all in all, it, it worked out. Uh, he also says, P.S., Mississippi State leads the SEC in penalties. Had 16 last game, but two last night, question mark. Uh, uh, yeah, refs didn't really, the, the the targeting call and Edwards kind of, uh, I didn't like it. He was trying to go after the ball uh, there. Did he hit him in the head? Yes, but if you guys follow me, I hate the targeting rule to begin with. So I, I won't really ever agree with it, but <laughs> that's for another day and another time uh, here. So the Gator from Decatur, uh, J. Wynn B. 1984 defense reign supreme for the gators aside from the tip drill interception franks was very good i was happy seeing the ball spread around Mullen and grant showed sure they can develop game plans for us to contend with harder team harder teams on our schedule yeah much there uh, what i've already said uh There, but yeah, I still want to, you know, a shout out to this defense, this defensive line. Uh, They're led by Jacopo, C.C. Right? Jefferson and uh, in, in what we see. Hey, look, Johnson Garner Johnson also uh, out there sticking his head in there. You know, he's making some tackles. I think he was tied for the lead in tackles uh last night and good for him uh as well. Bouncing back. After last year and and the problems he had with with, with tackling, he was having a lot of fun after the game uh, talking trash to the cameras. And that's just the type of player he is, and that's the type of player uh, he needs to be. He needs to be that kind of. DBs are going to trash talk. I ain't got no problem with it there. So as long as as long as you're winning, no issues there. Let's see uh, Dan the man, uh, Jose Dolphins five six one. Impressive the defense played lots out, and Franks did just enough to win. Dan Mullen called a great game. It's great to have a real coach again um joe passani here uh, at one point do we stop saying the other team is bad or is florida better there are issues for sure but Muller can absolutely coach he knows how to diagnose and attack his opponent's weakness and you know what joe i expected it to come and lord within about an hour of the game being over it happened some bulldog fan found a tweet of mine Oh, Mississippi State's not that good. Oh, of course. I, I completely expected that I mean, you know I don't care how good Mississippi State is <laughs> that, Going out there and, and getting that type of victory in that type of environment uh, Still speaks a lot to me Mississippi State can go on to be six and six or five or seven for all I care It doesn't matter Florida went on the road do what they're supposed to do come out with a victory in a game where everybody was counting them out so it'll all play out in the end of the year uh, here, but um, We'll see where you know, Mississippi State's got Auburn, I think, next. Uh, and we, hey, look, Florida's got Florida's to go prove themselves this week too against the LSU. Uh, I think we may see a little more Florida love coming along this week. Uh, here uh, that uh, LSU offense not fully in sync uh, with your borough there. We're able to take advantage of a pretty weak defensive of Ole Miss, of course. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely talk more about that game coming up. But, you know, uh, I, I think, yeah, I could care less what other people think about Florida's opponents and and how it turns out. That was a good win. You ain't going to take that from me no matter how the rest of the season plays out for Florida, how the rest of the season plays out for Mississippi State. That was a good win. Robert Cussins uh, here, last one. Good toughness shown and good coaching on both sides of the ball. Good step forward. The physicality has improved a lot the last two weeks. Uh, and let's start to give the offensive line some credit. Besides fall starts early, they played very solid on the road the last two weeks. Very good points there. And you know, the physicality was questioned. The the the, the offensive line was questioned a whole lot after that Kentucky game. Kentucky, as we mentioned, Kentucky's a pretty del- pretty darn good team. But this uh, Florida offensive line is starting to find themselves. They have gotten better since that game. There are more there are more open running lanes. There's more time for Franks to throw. Uh, and so, and there's a game plan to go along with it. So kudos to that offensive line. Kudos to John Hevesy for, for coming around. You know, there's not a lot of depth there uh, yet. Uh, Higgy even had a, a cast on his arm. I don't think he played if he played at all uh, against uh, Mississippi State. Uh, but, you know, the, the the five six guys that are that are playing and played Mississippi State for all the talk that Florida wasn't going to be able to handle them, Florida did a okay in my book, especially in the trenches where uh, they were questioned a whole lot this year, and it's really starting to come around. And yeah, you know, I'm not. I wonder if I'll say straight. It was a strength the last couple of weeks, I mean, we'll see where it goes from here on out. But I'll tell you what, you can't question you can't question the physicality of this team. Uh, nowhere near where we could. Uh, say and talk like we did after that kentucky game all right let's take a look around the scc before we stop right here on this episode of gators breakdown um but everybody yeah thanks for sending those tweets in i love the interaction love talking with you guys out there uh so we'll uh we'll do it every sunday you guys send those tweets in and uh your reactions and i'll get a lot of them here on Gators breakdown. Uh, let's go look around the SEC right here, week five. Let's put a bow on it. Alabama fifty-six to fourteen over Louisiana. Not much to see there. In a closer than expected game, Texas A&M twenty-four to seventeen over Arkansas. Arkansas hung tough, trying to get their first SEC win of the season, uh, but uh, Texas A&M comes out with a touchdown victory there, twenty-four to seventeen. Georgia thirty-eight to twelve over Tennessee, and I tell you what, if Tennessee doesn't have bad luck. I don't, uh, whew, I tell you what, I mean, Georgia's first touchdown, they get a strip, uh, tied in. I was like, Nada picks it up, runs it for a touchdown. <laughs> so, uh, really, really crazy way, uh, that game went in there. Not crazy stats either. You know, Georgia and Jake Fromm, 185 yards passing, Holdyfield, 78 yards, uh, um, McCall Hardman, 43 yards uh, at receiver there for Georgia. Uh, so Laurentano, 143 yards passing on Georgia. Uh, but Tennessee couldn't get much going there, but yeah, uh, you know, they they, uh, they they hung tough a little bit before Georgia was able to pull away uh, in the fourth quarter. Another closer than expected game. Auburn twenty four to thirteen over Southern Miss. Vandy escapes Tennessee State 31 thirty one twenty seven. Farthest opponent in a couple of weeks here, and in the SEC East, Kentucky. Ooh, I tell tell you uh, that game was hardly ever in doubt. It was twenty 24- four. To three at halftime over South Carolina. uh, Kentucky didn't score in the second half uh, there. South Carolina attacked on a touchdown. It was 24 to 10. Final score Kentucky over South Carolina. And Kentucky still undefeated uh, overall uh, right now 5 0 and 3 0 in the SEC. LSU uh, on the night cap here. uh, LSU 45 to 16 over Ole Miss, Florida's next opponent. 45-16 Forty-five to sixteen, LSU over Ole Miss. So we'll see. Joe Burrow throws for two hundred ninety-two yards there, uh, and uh, no, we'll we'll see what happens uh, when the Tigers come visit the Swamp next week, which will be a crazy, crazy atmosphere. And let's go to the SEC standings right now. Starting with the East, Georgia, Kentucky at the top, both five and zero, both three and zero in the conference. Florida four and one, two and one in the conference. Of course, only lost to Kentucky. South Carolina two and two overall, one and two disappointing start for the Gamecocks there. Missouri three uh, and 0 and one. They had this week off. Vanderbilt three and two overall, zero and one in the conference, and Tennessee two and three overall, zero two in the conference. And moving on to the West, Alabama LSU five and zero overall, both two and zero in the conference and behind them Auburn 1 and 1 in the conference after they lost to LSU a couple weeks ago they're 4 and 1 overall Texas A&M 3 and 2 or losses to Alabama and Clemson they're 1 and 1 in the conference and then to round out the SEC West Mississippi State 3 and 2 Ole Miss 3 and 2 Arkansas 1 and 4 all three of those teams 0 and 2 so far in the SEC so tell you what that was fun I tell you what tell you what I excited uh, if you guys saw me on twitter if you guys follow me there um it was just a whole lot of fun being able to have fun with gather nation after a big victory uh, it was hard even going to bed last night just because i was a uh, i was giddy seeing that team win uh the way they did it, it was a it might have been a low scoring affair may not have been that the, the, a lot of fireworks but i'd say the way the game played out where you knew every play mattered that's why you know that game was so fun because you could there were times you could exhale, but that sack with Donovan Steiner and sacking Fitzgerald to end the game, just a big old sigh of relief there. And when that's when you knew the Gators could finally uh finally put the game away. So uh later this week, of course, uh tomorrow, next episode of Gators Breakdown, Will Miles, as he does every week, will join in. Uh, we will get to take he'll you know take a look at the film and see what he saw. So we'll get his thoughts on uh, Florida and Mississippi State. We'll wrap that up. We'll also take a look ahead to Florida LSU, and uh, later on this week we'll have a full bore uh, Florida LSU preview as well. Should be a fun fun time. Should be a fun time previewing LSU. Should be a fun week in Gator Nation leading up to this big game. Uh, there, I'm ready for it. Uh, my dad's going to be taking a trip down there. He doesn't go to many games. He uh, you know, doesn't really like crowds. Doesn't really like dealing with, with that. But in the summertime, we made a we you know we made our decision. We were going to Florida LSU, and tell you what, uh it's going to be a good one to go to <laughs> with my dad here. So going to be a whole lot of fun uh, in the swamp on Saturday. So guys and girls, I'm glad you could sit here and join me for this episode uh, of Gators Breakdown, where the Gators win thirteen to six when they traveled to Starkville and beat the Mississippi State Bulldogs. So, um, I'm David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GetterDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.